Hey everyone, this is Web Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. This week is part three of a four-part series. It's a longer interview we've broken down into smaller parts, and I'm really pleased to have special guest with me, Rod Underwood. Rod is a former professional player. He's currently head coach of Chattanooga FC, a team playing in NISA, the National Independent Soccer Association here in the U.S. Chattanooga FC just won the NISA Independent Cup a few weeks ago, and the team's been on a tear throughout the league so far. Rod also serves on the Soccer Chaplains United Board of Directors, and it was a few weeks ago that he shared with us a personal mission statement that he's written and he works to live out in his life, and I thought it would be great to have Rod on the podcast. So this week in part three, Rod talks about his work of coaching with Chattanooga FC specifically and some of the key traits and characteristics that make up his locker room. Much of it a culmination of Rod's lifelong learning and philosophy about life and the game. So stay tuned. We throw the ball back into play right after this. He's found the space and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat-trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! So, Rod, you bring all of this coaching experience, this journey with its highs, its lows, uh, the friendships, the relationships, the the coaching tree. You bring all of that to Chattanooga FC, which, you know, you said is a is a premier team in the in NISA, the, the National Independent Soccer Association. Uh, tell me, like, what are some clear? I should, you know, I've I've been a, a football chaplain in MLS for. 20 plus years. So I've, I've seen a lot of, I've known a lot, but if I come to Chattanooga FC and you say, Brad, here are some distinctives in my uh, coaching impact and influence that you're going to see that, you know, maybe it did or didn't exist at Chattanooga or it's grown in your time at Chattanooga. What, what would some of those key characteristics be uh, that they're characteristic to you and your locker room? Well, first off, we, you know, it's clear the players know that my faith is the guiding factor behind everything. So that's that's uncompromising. And they know that, right? It's not that they don't know that it's not hidden. It's not like, no, it's out there. They know it. And whatever team I go to, if you don't like my faith, then you can't really like, we can't really, I don't know how we're going to work together. So that's just the reality. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's that's for that's first and foremost right but in terms of the off the field right off the field that's important when we try to build a culture right it's it's not enough to win we need to win with culture i believe that if you build a culture winning will take care of itself i believe if you if you if you build that and if you read any high level performing sports teams any high-level performing businesses, you'll see that they talk about culture first and foremost. And how much we believe about culture is, right, the first day that we met, when I first got the group together and at first after we selected players, before we even talked soccer, we spent the full day, maybe a day and a half, all we talked about was culture. We talked about having a learning mindset, 
talking about relational, even things from we give all the guys a personality test so that we can know how to relate and interact with each other, how to communicate with Johnny, how to how to what's what are their keys to help them learn? What are the things that cause anxiety? All these things. We that's part of before we even before we touch the field, before we touch the field. This wow. is first and foremost. Yeah. We don't even so the culture is, is paramount, right? We believe in the culture. We believe in creating generational impact that we leave the shirt better than it was when we got into it. And that for the younger generation coming through, they see something that they want to emulate and make it better than we could ever imagine. That's the purpose. Do you, and, do you point to, do you point to anyone and you go, man, besides your faith being a, a formative piece, is there, is there anyone like personality tests? Like, that's that's rare for a coach to do that. Do you point to anyone and say, "Yeah, I kind of it's this guy's fault that I I'd, I'd go to that level and try to change culture." No, not really. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm an avid reader, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm an avid reader and you know, I just finished reading the the All Blacks books about the New England about the New Zealand um Rugby team. I mean, I've probably since the first of the year, I probably read 10, 12 books about high performing cultures, right? Just high performing, not just not just sports, but businesses and all that and just understanding the importance of that. Right. Um, so and also, I mean, also what's important to me is that I uh, what's well, been not probably three weeks. I just completed my master's in sports leadership. Right. So I did that because I felt like this is going to sound, but I felt like my X's and O's were as good as anybody else's, but I felt like my leadership qualities needed to improve. So I dove into a master's over the last 18 months and got a master's in sports leadership. Wow. So, um, so I could be a better leader because I believe to use John Maxwell's words, leadership, Everything starts and ends with leadership. I don't believe just because you're a good player, just because you are the best player, that, yeah, I believe that you can have success and not be a good leader, but you can't have generational impact if you're not a good leader. And those two things are much different. Generational impact means how can you win? How can you be competitive year after year after year after year? Not just okay, let's win it now and then we disappear. But can we can we be in the championship conversation year after year after year? And I'm sorry to tell you, that's not X's and O's because team change too much. Yeah. But leadership is everlasting. And I believe that is that is paramount. Wow. So yeah, I mean that's just and that's just that's how it is, right? And players know up front. You know, we believe every player has a value. And we value every player. Every player in my locker room has a voice. Doesn't mean that we agree, but you're free to speak. Doesn't mean that we agree, but you're free to speak and share your opinion and not feel like you're going to be alienated from your opinion. It is respected. Regardless, it's not disagree. Regardless, we disagree, but it is respected. Wow. And that's not easy. That's not easy to do because some guys are just like me who are not compromising in what they believe. But if they can't fit in, they can't be here. It can be the number one player on our team. If they can't be part of the culture, they can't be here. There's just doesn't, there's no other way around it. Yeah. And, and, and to that, do you find that guys um, flourish 
in that kind of environment or do you are there guys that just can't wrap their head around that and and they struggle because of you know one one thing or another yeah i think it's i think it's a mix right but again right the player selection so give you an idea for me to select a player i probably have to select one player i probably spend 50 hours on a player. So it's a very slow process for me. Mm. And what do those 50 hours mean? Watching video, talking to coaches, talking to people that I know that know them. And then they, then they're, then those people are connecting with people that I don't know that know them. So it's not, a, even at this level, even at this level. So it's, it's trying to, it's trying to get the right people because good people make better players. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're getting a return on investment for that when you say, right. Oh yeah. No question. Yeah. No question. So, so you guys and, won the, the first bit of hardware for Chattanooga FC. Is, is that right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. <clears throat> we did what, last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, it's the independent cup. It's a cool little thing, right? <clears throat> because NISA is <clears throat> divided up into we're the top division. They have something called NISA nation where basically NISA nation is like an incubator for amateur teams who have aspirations to go professional. And so all the NISA nation teams play for the opportunity to play the professional team in their region. Oh, so, so it's, like a, it's like an open cup kind of. Yes, exactly. Yep. Uh-huh. Exactly. League and in the, in, in the past, it was groups where the, the, end of the, the pro team would maybe have two or three games. But because the way the schedule is and because this is the first year Nisa not going spring and fall, but going full year, they weren't able to do that this year. So then everyone plays and then the championship game is between the pro team and the region and the amateur team. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. what a what a great uh, opportunity to do that. What's the, the change going from uh, spring fall to just going full year round is that you like that better or do you or did you like that sort of middle year break How, how's that felt for you yeah I mean I, I like the I like the full year right um, just because it's a marathon not a sprint right whereas mm -hmm. the half year is really a sprint because if you know the half year playing you know I think in the fall we played 18 games. If you start off wrong, it's it's a long road up. But here playing, you know, 26 games over the course of, I think it's probably nine months. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns and there's a lot of like, uh, a lot of planning and a lot of, uh, a lot of really being focused for, for that amount of time and trying to build the best thing possible. Is, uh, it, it, it's just easier to maybe keep that flow of, of keeping yes. in the season. Yeah. So, so you guys are kind of, kind of tops in the league right now. Who would you say is, which team is the biggest competitor for you guys? And, and you're like, we got to get up for this game. Cause, cause they're going to bring well, it. I think again, excuse me. I think again, like in at this level, we pretty much, we pretty much all have the same budgets, right? Even though it's not like MLS where you have a salary cap, there's no salary cap. Team want to come and spend ten million dollars, they could, right? But that's not reality at this level. So, so we we pretty much go after the same players, and we pretty much get the same kind of players. Um, 
every once in a while, you know, you hit a home run and you get a guy that's really special for whatever reason, right? Um, but generally speaking, our players are very similar. Um, and I believe that coaching really is a plays a significant role on a more regular basis mm. at this level than it does maybe MLS because you know, look what LEFC is doing, you know, some of the what Toronto's just done bringing in the Italians, right? You can get players that can get you over the hump of games that you have better talent, right? Yeah. Whereas at this level, the coaching is really important because so, the teams are fairly equal. Um, so I think that's harder in that regard. But so I think all the teams, right, all the teams are challenged, but in our division, obviously, Maryland, Michigan, you know, Syracuse. I mean, look, we had a good first half of the season and we had, to, you know, we, we scored a lot of goals, but we also had some tough games. And, you know, we haven't really, you know, we made one West Coast swing and we, we tied one and we won one. You know, we, you know, and we've got Cal, who's actually the best in the West right now in terms of standing. So, I don't really think there's a game that you can say, oh yeah, okay, this is this is gonna be okay, let's let's change it up and let's let's give some other guys a chance to play. It it doesn't work that way at this level because it's just it's too close. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. Um so with that in mind, I'm I'm kind of curious and, and I I like to ask coaches this. I, I think it's kind of my naivety maybe, but um I get the game can be situational, right? Like uh, th there could be moments when you, when maybe you play a different formation, but do you have a favorite formation or style of play that you you teach, you coach, and and this is just the way that Rod Underwood teams are going to be? Is because because I like this style of play, or or do you build the formation based on the talent you have at hand? Well, <clears throat> combination, because what's not going to change is the ball is the most important thing. I believe if we have the ball, we're in control. If we have the ball, we're the dictator. We're the ones that are orchestrating. We're the, we're the conductor, right? We're the conductor. So I believe if we have the ball, we can keep the ball. We have the ball, we give a great chance to – we give ourselves a great – We I believe that gives us the greatest chance to win. Not saying it's the right way, but it gives us the greatest yeah. chance to win. Sure. But saying that, there are tweaks within that based on talent that we try to make sure that we put the right players in the right place to showcase their ability and to be able to express their talents within the structure of the team. I believe organization structure is key and organization structure for us is around the ball. And it's all about, it's two things for me. It's about my personality. I'm not really a leader. I'm not really a follower. I'm a leader. So having the ball, we lead. And number two, I look at it from this perspective. I like to watch my team play, so I want to enjoy it. So mm -hmm. I say to myself, what soccer do I like to watch? I'm going to pay to go watch a game for, and that's the soccer I'm going to coach. Okay. And that's possession soccer. That's how, that's how it comes. Yeah. No, I, I, I love how you just articulated, like, the, the formation, the style of play being how you are personally like your personality as a leader like hey we want to lead we want to take charge we want to take the ball in fact I, I saw on your website we'll, we'll have a link for some of our listeners maybe that that enjoy coaching or want to learn more about you rod we'll have a link to your uh, your personal website you've you talk on there a little bit about the importance of the ball 
Hey, this is Red Brad. Thanks for listening. We're going to pause the interview right there. I want to invite you back next week for part four. Rod's going to talk specifically about his personal life mission statement, and we get to play a fun little game of crosses with Rev. So tune in next week. We'll see you then.